Iris stood at the counter in the school office, detention slip in hand, anticipating a hand smack from Mr. Lucas, the vice principal. She'd already seen him twice since her enrollment at Climping Academy the previous fall. The first time, she'd been turned in for cutting P.E. The second time, she'd been reported for smoking outside study hall. This was now early January, and she'd been reported for violating the school's dress code. She had assumed she could wear anything she pleased, within reason, of course. Klimp had a different point of view. In the minds of the school administrators, clothing was meant to show modesty, respect, conservatism, and seriousness of purpose. Her choice that morning had been an ankle-length claret-colored velvet dress with a ruffled collar, long sleeves, black tights, and high-top red tennis shoes. Her hair was long and thick, a color that fell somewhere between auburn and flame red thanks to a mixture of boxed dyes. On each wrist, she wore a wide leather cuff studded with brass and silver nail heads. As it turned out, all of this was a great big no-no. Well, shit. The school secretary, Mrs. Malcolm, acknowledged Iris's presence with a nod, but clearly the woman didn't intend to interrupt her work over the antics of a problematic ninth grader. She was busy distributing mail to various teachers' cubbyholes. A student volunteer, Poppy, was stapling together packets of some sort. Iris was a freshman at Climping Academy, the Santa Teresa private school located in Horton Ravine, which was so la-di-da it totally freaked her out. She was only at Klimp because her father had been hired to teach advanced placement math and to coach field hockey. The tuition was $20,000 a year, which her parents could never have afforded, if not for her father's job, which allowed Klimp to waive the cost of enrollment. The last high school she'd attended was in a mixed neighborhood in Detroit, which was to say drugs, thugs, and vandalism, some of which Iris had generated herself when the mood struck her. She'd been uprooted from Michigan and plunked down on the West Coast despite her protests. California was a bust. She expected surfers, dopers, and free spirits, but it was all the same old shit as far as she could tell. Climping Academy was beyond belief. Enrollment from kindergarten to 12th grade was 300 students total, with a pupil-to-teacher ratio of 9 to 1. Expectations were high, and most of the students rose to the occasion. And why would they not? These were all rich kids, whose mommies and daddies gave them the best of everything. One look at her outfit and her homeroom teacher, Mrs. Rubio, had informed her she'd have to go home and change. And when she told Mrs. Rubio she had no transportation, the woman had suggested she take a bus. Like, huh? Iris didn't know anything about bus schedules, so what was she supposed to do? Unlike most of the other students, she didn't live in snooty old Horton Ravine. Mr. Lucas appeared in the doorway to his office, indicating that she should come in. He was a good-looking man, low-key, relaxed, and competent. He took a seat, lacing his fingers above his head. Mrs. Rubio has lodged an objection to your outfit, he remarked. You look like you're on your way to the Renaissance Fair. 
whatever that is, she said. This is the third detention you've been cited for since you arrived. You're here to learn, not to do battle with school authorities. I'm not sure you appreciate the opportunity you've been given. I don't give a shit about that, she said. All my friends are back in Detroit. With all due respect, Mr. Lucas, Clemping Academy sucks. She saw that Mr. Lucas was prepared to ignore her bad language, probably thinking the issue of trash talk was not what was at stake. I went back and looked at your records. At your last school, you did good work. Here you've set yourself on a collision course. You miss your friends, I get that. I'm also aware California isn't an easy place to live if you're accustomed to the Midwest. But you keep on acting out, you're only hurting yourself. Does that make sense to you? So, what's the deal? Three demerits and I'm out? He smiled. We don't give up as easily as that. Like it or not, you're here three more years. We want the time to be pleasant and productive. You think you can handle that? I guess. For some reason, she was stung by his tone, which was kind. She murmured, what about my clothes? I don't drive, so there's no way I can go home and change. Now that I can help you with. Where do you live? Upper East Side. Hang on a minute. He got up from his desk and crossed to the door to the school office, which he opened, sticking his head out. Mrs. Malcolm, can you do me a favor and let me borrow Poppy for half an hour? Iris needs a ride home. Of course, if it's all right with her. Sure, happy to. Iris could feel her heart start to bang in her chest. Poppy was one of the most popular girls at Klimp, operating at such an elevation that Iris barely had the nerve to speak to her. Once in the parking lot, Poppy turned to her with a grin. Cool threads, kid. I wish I had your nerve. The two got into Poppy's Thunderbird. Once Iris slammed the car door, she reached into her bag and pulled out a vintage Lucky Strike cigarette tin filled with tightly rolled joints, at which Iris was adept. Care to partake? Oh, shit, yes, Poppy said. That had been January, and the two had been inseparable since. To Iris's credit, she was a model of good behavior for the next three months. Every afternoon, they repaired to Poppy's house, ostensibly to study, but actually to smoke dope and raid Poppy's parents' liquor cabinet. Poppy's father was a thoracic surgeon, her mother a hospital administrator, which meant long hours for both. Most of the time, the two girls were on their own, ordering pizza or any other food stuff that could be charged to a credit card and delivered to Poppy's door. At least she could drive, and she often delivered Iris to her house at ten at night. Iris's parents never said a word, probably grateful she had a friend. In April, Iris was dumbfounded when she received yet another summons to the vice principal's office. What did she do this time? She'd been doing her best to blend in and behave herself. Even Mrs. Malcolm seemed surprised. We haven't seen you for a while. What now? No clue. Iris took a seat on one of the wooden benches provided for the errant and unrepentant. 
She was careful to show no interest in the secretary's disbursement of manila envelopes, but she knew what they contained, the benchmark California academic proficiency tests.